G'day punters, welcome to another massive episode of Bet With Brilliance here, uh, the preview podcast for what will be Australian Cup Day at Flemington and we've got uh, Randwick Guineas Day at Randwick. Um, as always, joined by myself is Jared Fish, the Sydney analyst for Brilliance Racing. How are you doing, Fish? Yeah, good, mate. Going well. Got um, Nature Strip and Bivouac back this week, so exciting uh, weekend of racing ahead. Yeah, yeah, and in Flemington got a, a massive week of, of Group 1, a weekend of Group 1 racing. I think 17 and 18 horses in each field between the Newmarket and the Australian Cup. So uh, I think it's a little bit easier than, than those 17 and 18 horses, but punters out there might not. Hopefully we can steer them on to a couple. Uh, no mucking around, mate. We're going to jump straight into it this week. Uh, you got the first couple in Sydney covered. What's going on there? Yeah, race one, we've got the Tokyo Fireball Stakes, which is a listed three-year-old race over uh, 1,100. Um, we've got Wild Ruler there and Andermatt and Bowmaster, which are dominating the early market. Um, I've landed on Wild Ruler. He's just drawn superbly in Barrier 1. He's going to lead around the band. Not much pressure there. And he's also won two trials leading into this. And also last preparation... He had two seconds before a third um, in a Group 1 Coolmore start. Fine September run and spots that, which is very good form. Um, those two are racing in the new market today on Saturday as well. So, yeah, land on wide ruler, wild ruler there. Race two is the Todman Stakes, which is a Group 2 Colts and Geldings race over uh, 1,200. It's the lead-up to the Golden Slipper, the last one, really, which generally the Todman Stakes is one of the, the big lead-up races where the four medalists follow it into the big race. Um, pretty hard to split those three horses, stay inside, profiteer and remark. Most recently, stay inside was absolutely uh, dominant in that win at Randwick, just absolutely blew them away. And profiteer was the same a few weeks earlier. Remarks had a bit more of a longer break, but I've landed on profiteer. Basically, my thoughts there are I'm hoping that he can slow down from the get go because he's gone very fast early there in that 1100. And, um, but the early supports all over him. I think he's about three fifty into two dollars fifteen now, with no scratchings, obviously. So, yeah, that's um, I've landed on profiteer for that race. Outstanding. Well, you filled me with confidence there, mate. Because after uh, after the day that I had yesterday, I thought I'd throw on a couple of early bets here and there, and, and they're the first two that I've got: profiteer and wild ruler. So, hopefully, we'll get us off to a great start there. Uh, did forget to mention at the top of the top of the pod punters that we'll go in pairs between Sydney and Flemington and we'll cover the, the beef of the races in the middle. So going to Flemington, mate, we're kicking it off, kicking it off with a, uh, a group three, the thoroughbred breeder stakes over 1200 metres for Phillies. This one looks like it's going to be a bit of one way traffic early because LaRoque is your favourite around eighty at the moment. She's the one that I've got on top. She won uh, impressively first up underwriting. It has been noted after that race that she was difficult to load and she did pick up a minor injury. Uh, obviously nothing to worry about since she's lining up for the first on Saturday. Uh, and it also explains why the earmuffs have gone on pre-race, probably just to keep her calm and get her to the gates. Might be a race to watch... Uh, the, the fillies go out there before the race starts. Um, I think as long as she keeps her cool behind the gates, she will take improvement and take a power of beating. 
race two is, and sorry, partners, I'm just bringing up the information here. Race two is over 1,400 metres. It's the Lexus Melbourne Cup Tour uh, for the three-year-olds handicap race. Uh, I've got on top here number five, Cumberbatch. Now, uh, slightly biased in this one, did tip a uh, last start. It was at the uh, hillside track at Sandown where she ran second to Tuvalu, I believe it is, Tuvalu. Uh, who is a horse that does have massive wraps on it. Uh, her best work sectionally was between the 400 metres and the 200 metres before being eased off weight. Jamie Carr stays aboard. She drops six kilos in weight and staying at the 1,400 metres, I just think she's going to be well better than this field here. Um, Anna Visto did win uh, first up this prep. I believe it was at Pakenham, but... I'm really not buying into that at the moment. Uh, I'm a little bit sceptical, as sceptical, sorry, about uh, first up form there because there's nothing really to go on since. Uh, but for Cumberbatch, I've got her on top there. What have you got going on in Sydney, Fish? Race three, we've got the Riesling Stakes over 1,200, which is uh, the 1,200 metre race for Phillies in that lead up to the Golden Slipper. Um Found it a bit funny. It's a really good race with a couple of um, well-known horses in there, like Swift Witness and Bianello. But I landed on a, a debutante for um, Tommy Berry and Hawks, the Hawks camp, named G-Stud. She, um, she's on debut, but she, I just love the way she trialled. And not even recently, she she won a 900-metre trial uh, last week where she was ridden pretty quietly at the back and then sort of looked to let down there over the finish and just got over the top. But to my eyes, it didn't look like Tommy was doing um, too much work on her. So I did go and try and find some information to see if a debutante's ever won that race and then gone on to race in the Golden Slipper and wasn't able to find the information. So, yeah, but I think I just like the look of her at $8, $8 odds. Um, race four, we move on to the Randwick City Stakes, which is a listed 2000 for three-year-olds. Um, I like the look of Mount Popper. He's building a very good record. He raced first up over 1,600 metres and um, he, he was superb there. Finished second to the shared ambition. He's, got a, he's into this race with a, a light weight. Um, the only interesting thing was, um, and I'll, I'll get the figures up here, he's he's never raced on a good track. He's had nine starts, or sorry, 13 starts in his career and never been on a good track. So I'm finding that one a bit interesting, but we'll find out on the weekend, I guess. But he's my selection. Yeah, my understanding was that the Hawks camp, because he's been entered into a couple of races and been scratched, uh, I think, before the day. And the reason for that, uh, from what I've heard, was that they didn't find a rain-affected track for him, which is where they want him running. Is that correct, Fish? Well, it definitely seems correct, yeah. I've seen, I did see him get scratched a few times before he made his, um, I think he's from overseas and he, before he made his um, debut in Australia, so... You might be on the money there. That, that probably makes me go back and have a bit of another look because I didn't find that information. I just I was a bit mystified because he's got a good record on soft and heavy. And I guess, I mean, that's the obvious one, isn't it? If he's never raced on a good track, they're obviously avoiding it. So yeah, he, might be, he might be a bit short there at $2.80, you're right. Yeah, yeah. My understanding is I, hearing it from better judges than, than myself, obviously, was that he's been scratched from previous races on firmer tracks because the camp wanted 
more of a, a softer, more rain-affected track. Um, but he'll be a great bet in that race at $2.80 because even in the early market, Sacramento has had a bit of a drift. So it looks like the punters have already latched on there, mate. Yeah, well, Sacramento will just do what he normally does, which is jump, jump and lead and go around the corner and hope to hang on. I think he's just getting a bit on in his preparation now. And I think a couple of the fresher horses that are here and starting to build into their build into their um, distance range might be able to get over the top of him. But you can't argue with his record, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, third race that we've got on the card for Flemington is over 1,400 metres. This is the uh, the Furphy Ale March Stakes. Uh, listed race, like I said, over the 1,400 metres. I've come into this with some real clarity, actually, Fish, because I've got Holbein on top for this one. Uh, he's running fit, uh, and last start was only beaten a length by Morvada, who is a fairly handy horse. Uh, he's on the second day back up the same track and trip from that race. Carries 54 kilos again, and, and the Wizard of the West, Will Pike, stays on board. It looks like he'll get an uncontested lead from what I believe is, and I'll double-check this information, punters, yeah, the widest gate on the in the race, but that's only gate seven. Um, I just think he could find a lot of these out since they're first up. I think everything's first up except Sosibon, who's second up, and I think might have bigger targets ahead of him. So I've got Holbein on top there. Race four, and I'm really keen on this one as well. Just bringing that up again for you, punters, is over 1,400 metres as well is the size produce stakes for two-year-olds. Now, I'll admit to being a bit biased here when I go with who I'm tipping. Uh, it's the number three lightsaber from the Peter Moody camp. One is last start at Sandown Hillside where I did tip him. Won that race by two and a half lengths, so the big track's not going to be an issue with Flemington. The way that the prep has been set up for lightsaber, I'm guessing, without knowing anything, and I'm just sort of making up my own mind here, I'm guessing that Peter Moody's kept him for this race specifically and just kept him out of that whole blue diamond, uh, that whole blue diamond picture where you see the like of hot, likes of Hitotsu and, and Wolves come through. Maps to get a sorry, maps to get a similar run from his last start. And looking at this race sectionally, I think he could just run them into the ground early. Um, we did see last week at Flemington that horses could definitely run on, but the likes of Morvada went on and, and led the entire race and, and won. I'm not putting lightsaber in that same category, but I think that same style of, of race could happen here. And I'm expecting lightsaber to, to be the first out of the gates and the first time there. But um, I think we'll get into the the beef of it now, Fish, is it, in Sydney? Yeah, mate, race five we'll go Alan to now, which is the Colours Challenge Stakes. It's a group two, wait for age, a um, 1,000 metres. So top of the market, you've got Nature Strip at uh, $1.45. And then you've got uh, down the bottom, Written Beauty at $5, who's uh, that's probably the biggest odds she's been for a long time. And then you've got a couple of other good horses in the race in Bella Vella, Eduardo, who raced in the Everest last year. Um, yeah, and a couple of good ones. But for me, I just I can't believe the price that Nature Strip's got, $1.45. I did say, and I have said this a million times, 1,000 metres, Nature Strip's, I, I, I'm all over her. I mean, all over him. But he's coming back from Melbourne. J 
Jamie Carr jumps off. James McDonald hops on. I know that he's ridden him before, but we spoke about it last time. He can be a bit quirky at times and a bit hard to control. So I'm not sure. I'm not sold that he's going to enjoy the, the travel back from Melbourne to Sydney. Stays at a thousand meters, which I'm glad they have because I'll, it's the only trip that I think he can win on. But a dollar forty-five, I just I can't have a bar of it. I mean, he could win and he could win well. I'm not touching a dollar forty-five. And I look at the pace in the race. You got Space Boy, Eduardo, the Odyssey, and then Nature Ship that will all be chasing the lead. And Nature Ship's the widest of the four, so he could be the one that gets in trouble. Um, the two horses that I want to have a little nibble at are the two females in the race down the bottom in the weights. Bella Bella, Written Beauty. Um, Written Beauty's definitely her toughest challenge yet. Um, but off the back of a hot speed, if Barry can relax her in transit, I don't see any reason why she can't be very strong at the, at the finish. And I just think Bella Bella's way over the odds. Um, back from Queensland where she had an okay run up there and she's had a good trial since she arrived in Sydney. Absolutely loves the 1,000 metres. Good track and I can see uh, her running quite well at $19 as well. So it's definitely a very interesting race. How did you see it? Mate, I actually saw it quite the opposite way to yourself. The first thing that I did was looked at the field and I noticed that Jungle Edge was entered into the race. Now, uh, as I've got it at the moment, Randwick is a good four and I don't think there's any rain predicted for the weekend. Is that right? No rain in there for sure. Jungle Edge will probably come out if that's what you're about to say. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, so what I'm thinking is we know that Space Boy Eduardo and the Odyssey like to go forward. I don't think Bella Vella's seen the pace of these horses before, the likes of Eduardo, who's led up. Uh, that was the – was that the TJ last year? Eduardo just went um, hell for leather. Yeah, and he did that in the Everest as well. Uh, sorry, the Everest. It was the Everest. Everest yeah. he got uh, the Everest. Went hell for leather, so oh, definitely expect him to go forward. Watching the Odyssey in Brisbane, he'll definitely go forward in Space Boy as well. Uh, I'm thinking that from gate A, Nature Strip will tack on beautifully behind the Odyssey and get over into a one-out and one-off-the-fence position. And I don't see anything in this field that could get past him. I think there are definitely very talented horse in this, horses in this field, the likes of, of Written Beauty. And if it was a heavy eight, I would obviously Jungle Edge would be closer in the market and on paper definitely closer. But I just can't see what of these can beat Nature Strip. I mean, we'll get into the new market handicap at, at Flemington shortly, but... Uh, September run finished half a length off him last start and if she goes out and wins on Saturday she could be the best three-year-old in in the country and I don't I can't think of another horse that would get within half a length of him maybe Bivouac obviously Bivouac at, at the top of his game but he's not in this race and he needs more than a thousand metres I think this is just going to be once he gets into the straight for, for Randwick I think it's going to be a one-act affair mate personally Yeah I'm hearing what you're saying and Major Strips won seven races over the 1,000 metres in a career. I mean, his career, sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he can win the race. And I think if he runs to his best, he'll win the race by potentially one length, two lengths. But just on a punning perspective, if you're diving into a dollar forty-five, I'd never be sitting there with confidence because he is the type of horse that can let you down at that price. But yeah. on numbers, he looks like, yeah. 
Sorry, Absolutely. he did he did that last prep, let let the punters down at a very short a very short quote. Yeah, exactly right. And and he is the type of horse that if someone if one horse tries to take him on for the lead, he's not going to give it up. He just doesn't like giving it up. So that's why he liked that straight down at Flemington because he got out of trouble, found his own room. But yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely probably the, the horse in the race, the best horse in the race. Yeah, it's a label in the flat track bullying wouldn't be wouldn't be, I don't think, a, a loose accusation. Um, but in a field like this, I just think he's going to be way too good. And the, the dollar forty-five and the dollar fifty is a, a justified quote. But uh, what we'll do, mate, is we'll move ahead to I believe is race seven, the next big one. Yeah, race seven, the round with guineas. Um, that's a sixteen hundred group one for three-year-olds. Um, Agon's at the top of the market at two dollars twenty-five and building an absolutely fantastic record there. Five starts, five wins. Um, yeah, you got a couple of other well-fancied runners. Moanga from the Annabelle Nation camp. Um, North Pacific, King's Legacies in there, Pelter. So it's a very good race. Um, I found it tough. I, I like two horses in the race. Aegon is obviously a superstar. Um, top, of the, top of the weights here as well, but it's his first time on a good track as well. So that could be the one thing that does him no favours, but if you look at what he did last start, it was very, very impressive. Um, and the other horse that I was looking at was Moanga. Um, he had a first up run in Melbourne where he absolutely flew home over the 1,400 trip in the CSAs. And if you watch that replay closely, he was three wide for a fair chunk of that race. And to have the finishing speed that he did, he's got a good second up record, loves a good track, has a good draw. And the 1,600 to me looks absolutely perfect. Um, you can't get a better jock on than Tommy Berry at the moment in Sydney. Um, yeah, and I just think he's drawn to be ridden a bit off the pace, along the fence, but off the pace. And, um, yeah, I found it hard to split those two. And then the roughy that I, in the field that I had to give a little respect to was King's Legacy, who two starts at the track for two wins, likes the distance, and he's had one or two big wins over his career that just makes you go, how's he 26 and five goals, 50 second up in this race? But, um, yeah, that's the way I saw it, mate. Yeah. Okay. Well, mate, look, it's going to be a bit of a boring start to the pod because there's no prizes for finding the horses that I've had. The way that Aegon uh, won his last start, and that was at Rose Hill, which I believe is a slightly shorter straight. The way that he won that, that race, I just shook my head in, in awe. I couldn't believe the way that he um, just pounced through that gap and, and hit the line so hard. Um, Hugh Bowman stays aboard. He hasn't been pinged at the at the, the weights for it. Sectionally, his, some of his best work was in that last four and 200 metres. So that suggests that 1,600 metres might be an issue for him. He's already belted half of this field last start. He did make a good point about Mwanga in the and, and the race that, that Mwanga put in last start. Uh, when you look at the clock, it looks like visually it was a bit more impressive than the numbers-wise. From gate eight, he's going to go back, you would think. Um, there's definitely going to be speed set up for this one with the likes of Heater Shock coming out of gate seven, uh, Marcinet out of gate one, and Peltzer's drawn wide, so you would assume that Peltzer's going to go forward sure there's no options there and I think it might just set up for him to come storming down the middle of the, the Randwick straight 
And um, I think he might be our, our round week in his champion. Um, I just don't, off of that second up run, yeah, going to the good track's a bit of a query, but I just think he might be even faster, to be honest, mate. Yeah, well, that's always an interesting one. If you, you have a horse that's never ridden on a good track and he's been a superstar on, on a soft track, Obviously, the camp would know, but how, how are we as punters meant to know? He might come out and win by just absolutely blown away even more. He might be might be a better better runner on a good track. So, I am looking forward to seeing how he goes on the weekend. That's another star-studded lineup, and um, yeah, if he wins this one, sky's the limit, I guess. Yeah, well, we could be the, doing the review podcast on Monday and look back at it and think, geez, we did the preview. He was two dollars thirty, and he should have been a dollar thirty. Or we could look back and go, what were we thinking? He's never run on a good track. Like, that's just a clear sign. Um, I think he either wins by – I think he wins in a canter or he's really not going to like that firm track. I think he's going to find it a bit too jarring for him and and really struggle. But um, also excited about race eight, mate. What's going on there? Yeah, race eight's the Canterbury Stakes, which is um, 1,300-metre group one. Um, Bivouac's coming here off a thousand meter run at, at um, Flemington to race the 1300 and he's top of the market, $2.60. Um, Savadiano is pretty well liked in there at $4.40. And then you got Mars Crusader at $6. Um, Dreamforce first up. So it's another good lineup. There's a few horses that I want to talk about. Um, Savadiano first up has a Unbelievable record of six wins from nine starts. Um, Dreamforce and Samadhi are going to be the ones that set the pace here. Um, Savaniano's never missed the top three in eight goes at 1,300. So there's a few things um, leaning her way. Bivouac, he's definitely more suited here over the 1,300 than the 1,000. Everyone knows that. But to be honest, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced that that first up run was down to him not liking the 1,000 metres. I reckon he was underdone in that race, and I wasn't impressed by it. He didn't really look like he had that usual spark that he has. Um, he does get better after a run, but I'm not sold on him going up to 1,300 and winning this. I mean, I could be eating my words like uh, you've done before, but, <laughs> yeah, no. <nah. laughs> um, no, nah, I can't have bivouac on top. So I've actually landed on Mars Crusader, who he's one of my favourite horses, obviously. But I was there the day that he came back first up after a lengthy spell, and he just was so good in the yard. He was fantastic. He looked fit. And, and then he won very well on a pretty testing track that day. Um, second up to 1,300, I believe I believe the plan is to race here, and then he's going to be on his way to the Doncaster over 1,600. I'm hoping that's the case anyway, but Tommy Berry knows the horse very well. Berry and Hawks combination, you can't beat that. Um, and, yeah, just based on what he did first up and how he looked, I think he might take some improvement from that, and I think he's going to be hard to beat over the 1600 uh, I mean, sorry, 1300 at $6. Yeah, well, look, it's a, a great case that you make for the likes of Savadiano and, and Mars Crusader, but, again, I'm, I'm seeing this with absolute clarity, mate. You look at the sectionals from that, that last run, down the straight at Flemington. Between the eight and the six, he puts in a 10-4. Between the six and the four, he puts in a 10-6. And then a 10-7-6 from the four to the two. And was obviously eased off late because he was nowhere near the field. 
he would obviously have been lacking that fitness first up and, and the likes of Fabergino and Nature Strip that were in that race setting up the pace. It was quick from the start and we know that. I think from gate eight, he's going to get carted into this race beautifully with Glenn Boss aboard and very much the same the way that I saw the Nature Strip race. These horses have not seen the class of bivouac. If he puts in anything like the performance that he put in with his VRC Classic win, that was over 1,200 metres, he won 3.25 lengths with Bossy up in the, in the Serres. Absolutely walked in. I think if we see anything like that, which was the second up performance there, uh, that was off the back of a trial and a, and a bit of a freshen up. Um, I just think he could absolutely jog in. Yeah, I guess the funny thing about that is that I was going to ask you if you thought Bivouac over-raced in that 1,000 metres, and obviously the numbers say that he probably did, probably chasing a hot speed, but you know, that 1,200-metre race, the VRC Classic he's talking about where he absolutely flew home and it was a stunning race. Then he comes to this, going to be racing in 1,300 here. I just wasn't convinced over that 1,000-metre run, but, yeah, I'm, I think the Blue Army in this race are going to be hard to beat. Savadiano yeah. on Bivouac anyway, but... I'm hoping um, – oh, well, we won't, we won't ride off Kementari, but, yeah, um, I'm hoping Mars Crusader can get the job done for me. Yeah, well, Kementari came back with a win in, in Western Australia, so he's got to come back here and do it against arguably the best sprinter that we have. I, when I think about that, that first up run for Bivouac, you've got Fabergino, who, I mean, has come out since and, and won over 1,000 metres down the straight – and then I think if you see in the challenge stakes, if, like I mentioned before, say Nature Strip gets that one back and one off the fence run and just puts paid on in the straight, I think you're going to see a massive market move for Bibbler, especially if he parades well. I think that'll be, if you've got the access to that through the likes of Sky, uh, sorry, Sky Thoroughbred Central Punters, I think that's going to be massive as well. You could see a massive market move for Bivouac, and it's going to be telling of the performance that he puts in. I think he's going to up-show what he did first up massively, and he could absolutely jog in. I could be totally wrong, but I just don't know how anything in this field is going to beat him. Yeah, well, there you have it, punters. Um, Jackie's gone Bivouac in Nature Strip, and I've gone a bit of value in those two races. So we'll see who lands on top there uh, come the review pod on Monday. But, um, yeah, we'll maybe move on to the new market now. Flemington, mate, what's going on there? Well, I was just about to say, before we got into the new market fish, it's, it's amazing what happens when you come off the back of, what was it, three of eight, four of eight yesterday for me at Sandown, an absolute fill-up. You're taking absolute clarity to the, to the form going into Saturday's race. It's, I mean, I, I could be totally wrong. It, it happened with Buffalo River. It probably would have happened with Rockney Bly if he didn't get scratched, but... I just, I, I just think they're perfectly placed runners. I think you can get. Uh, I reckon I locked him in at two seventy. Uh, sorry, two ninety yesterday, and he might be in the two seventy. Yeah, I've just seen it with real clarity. But the first of the big ones for Flemington, and I'm just bringing that up here, punters. Is race six is the new market handicap uh, over the twelve hundred meters. Uh, going from the top, you've got – oh, sorry, I've lost it there. You've got Zatori, Elite Street, Imaging, Celebrity Queen, Dallas Arm, Fleet Standout, uh, Brooklyn Hustle's in there, 
then we get into the big ones. September run and SWAT's that. Looking at a map for the race, and my computer is horrifically slow, I'm sorry. Looking at a race map, Indian Pacific is definitely your leader from gate three. I think serious suspect on the opposite side of the field will kick up and lead. Then it's going to be a real muddle in the middle of the field where I actually expect to see September run sort of just in behind the pace uh, with an absolute crowd of horses, the likes of Zutori, Imaging, uh, Bold Star, I think, will up, be up there as well as Dallasan and Prague. Mate, this one again for me is Clarity. September run wins the new market. The, the run that she put in last start, finishing half a length behind Nature Strip, I can't think of another sprinter in the country that would get within half a length of him. And all she's got to do is beat a bunch of horses that have already showed they're probably not good enough. Um, and then Swats that is in the field, who is a concern, but September run gave her Winburn down the straight at Flemington. Like, I don't, I don't know why she won't do that again. I think Swats that, uh, I think she's around the $2.20 at, at the moment. I reckon she'll start shorter than $2 on Saturday, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, mate, I agree with you there. I think I think September runs one of the better bets on the program. Um, like you said, she's – I mean, yeah, she's drawn in the middle of the uh, field there, but she's got that little bit of early speed where she can not, not get caught in tight in the middle there. She'll be in front of that little pack in the middle behind the leaders, as you said, and, um, going down the straight. She was outstanding in the Lightning Stakes, probably arguably the best home there, and um, she gets better second up, loves Flemington. Loves 1200 and loves a good track. So there's so many ticks there. And, and like you said, she's probably just simply a bit better than these horses, to be honest. Swats, that's probably the run in the Lightning Stakes was fantastic as well. And at $7, it's probably worthy of a little play, but I don't think um, she's as good as September run. And then Brooklyn Hustle was fantastic in that uh, Oakley play. It should have won. And she was the only horse all day to have under 11 sec seconds for the last. 200, so she had a 10.91, but I think this is a bit of a different race to that with September run in the um, in the in the play, and I've got September run on top as well. Yeah, look, you make a brilliant point, mate, and I was going to to get to that, so you've carded me in beautifully here. I think the, the massive danger to September run is definitely swats that. Uh, she has drawn the outside gate, so. She'll be left alone in what is generally the more superior part of the track down the straight at Flemington. And Brooklyn Hustle did put in massive, massive uh, sectionals in that Oakley plate. I will also say that I think that uh, you've got a bit of overs for the likes of Zutori and there was another one here. There was Camel Passer, but I believe he's been scratched because uh, I can't find him on this. Yeah, he's been scratched from this morning. Oh, well, that's annoying. He was up there bloody four hours ago. Anyhow, uh, Zutori, I think, is overs. I think the fact that he's got to carry the top weight, having not won a group one, is definitely against him. The The main danger to September run is Swats that, uh, and Brooklyn Hustle could run a massive race at odds, but you generally see down the straight at Flemington, they huddle up in sort of the first 
the first half of the race sort of towards the, the 600 and the 500 metre mark before they start to fan out and get their own races and, uh, and get their own runs in the lane. And I think that's just where you're going to see September runs trucking in behind horses. As soon as that gate opens, Willow's going to go for it. And I just think she'll be too good. I'm, I'm already on her. And I think the more the market moves to her, the more I'll absolutely truck later on Saturday. Uh, Swats that would have to do something special to, to beat September run. I might ask you about um, Indian Pacific. Um, we're here, hearing that uh, he's come down here for a bit of a hit and run mission at Melbourne. Race last week and was fantastic over the thousand. You reckon he could run a bit of a race at odds, twenty seven and six fifty on a seven day backup? Well, absolutely. I mean, the the biggest thing that's in Indian Pacific's corner is the lower weight, and he's going to be the pace setter from from gate three. I think what you'll find is he'll get to the lead and he'll cross towards the middle part of the track, which will be a better uh, better running for for the horses. I believe Brad Parnham says aboard uh, for Indian Pacific. I think if Indian Pacific's going to win this race, you're going to see quick sectionals early and he's just going to run them off their feet uh, and just put too much between him and the rest of the field for the likes of September run and spots that Brooklyn Hustle to, to catch him. But I also think that between the 1,000 and the 200, the longer that race goes, the more time the likes of September run has got to catch him. Yeah, mate, perfect. I totally agree. I think 1,200 is perfect for September run, and I think we should all jump on now and take the $2.15. Well, I was, as I was going through yesterday, and uh, the likes of Eagles Crag and Mystery Shot. Uh, fighting Hirata's getting over the line. I'm looking at the market going. I can't. I can't sit here on my thumbs and and not get into these early prices. I've already taken a few, and we'll get into a, a couple more horses shortly. But September runs one of them. If she doesn't start, it could be as short as a dollar sixty. It could be a dollar eighty. I really don't know what the market will do, but I expect her to find her and and find her big. And and I'd be absolutely stunned if she doesn't win. Uh, but moving forward, mate, is race seven. And I'm just bringing that up now since we've got so deep into that one. Sorry, punters. Race seven is over the 1,600 metres uh, for the Phillies and Mares, the Matron Stakes. Now, this is where my value bet comes up in the day, mate. Uh, got the likes of Sovereign Awards, Silent Sovereign, Spanish Reef, Moonlight Maid, Dream. Quantum Mechanic, Lunicorn, who put in a massive run last start. Don't tell the boss. Cancino, and hint of men. Sovereign Award from Gate 3, we know, is going to take up the lead there. Uh, Spanish Reef from Gate 7 might push forward. Um, I think Quantum Mechanic will sit on the coattails of Sovereign Award. And Cancino will sit just outside Quantum Mechanic in the uh, one back and one off whether Hint of Mint decides to, to push up around horses and sit outside Sovereign Award, I guess we're yet to find out. Mate, my on topper in this one is Cancino. She's won her last two starts, the last one very well. She managed to get a similar run in transit. The big traffic track at Flemington won't be an issue because her last two wins have been at the hillside at Sandown. She drops a kilo from her last start. She gets Mark Zara on board. Now, one thing that's really important to note for these types of races, punters, when you're looking at fillies and mares stepping up from 
benchmark grade, say on a Wednesday or whenever it is, these group threes on a Saturday, it's not a massive jump in class. Uh, a case in point for that is me new friends last weekend, who I believe was second to uh, Shayu. Now, Cancino in a win last start, she was on the fence. She was held up for a run. She had to duck back inside heels uh, to get to the fence, wait for that run there. The leader then uh, looked to duck in back towards Cancino, but that didn't trouble her at all uh, before winning very well. I think you get around $10 for Cancino at the moment, mate, and that's massive overs. Uh, I think what will happen is the, the running the race that she'll get, she'll simply just fan out towards the middle of the track, the same as we saw last week, and she'll just rattle home late. And even if the market found her in the same style that Shayu did, I wouldn't be surprised. I think she's going to be winning this one for sure. Did you have anything on that one, mate? Yeah, mate, I saw it a little bit differently to that. Um, I'm a big fan of the Lunicorn in this race um, from the Australian Bloodstock camp who I'm a big fan of myself. I have a, a few shares in horses with them. Um, she resumed from a break over 1,400 and in the mannerism and was very strong late. She had some very quick sectionals. Um, I love the step up to 1,600. I don't love the draw. She has drawn wide. But another interesting thing that I noticed was Jamie Carr normally rides quantum mechanic. And she's she has ridden Lunacorn before. So I just put that down as she's obviously chosen to ride Lunicorn on the day. Um, and, yeah, I think, to be honest with you, I think, I think she had a, not a, not one of her better rides, I'll put it, um, on Lunicorn last start. And I think she might be able to make up for it on Saturday. Um, Sovereign Reward will obviously set the pace, and I think that might set it up, hopefully. Uh, the other one that interests me is Scarlet Dream, because well, we haven't gone, gone into the last race in Sydney yet, but... Had Scarlet Dream marked down as a decent value play in the last at Sydney, so I'm unsure if I'm unsure if Scarlet Dream is going to go to Sydney or Melbourne. But I wish I knew. Um, but yeah, I've got got Lunicorn on top in this race for me. Yeah, look, she definitely definitely is a commanding favourite off of that run first up. The barrier is a draw, and I guess Jamie Carr. You don't need me to tell you that she can choose whatever she rides. She's ridden Sovereign Award before. She's ridden, obviously, Quantum Mechanic and, and Luna Corn. Jamie picks who she rides. But for me, looking at Cancino, drops weight last start, and that was off the back of an apprentice claim as well. Uh, Mark Zara on board. I think she's going to get a peach of a run in the race. And at the moment, you can have $11. She's drifting in the market, mate. I can't believe it, actually. Um, <laughs> that's – I actually, I hope – I hope that people buy into this Jamie Carr factor, which we've spoken about before. She commands a mountain of respect in the market. <clears throat> Maybe punters just open and shut the form guide for this race and just go, right, on Jamie Carr, done and dusted. I hope Cancino gets to 20s because I don't care what odds she gets to. I'm backing her. She's fit. She's hard. She drops a kilo. Great jockey on board, Mark Zara. That's a massive upgrade on any apprentice. It doesn't matter who it is. This is this is screaming value for me. She'll at least place, and I think the closer you get to race start, if the market drift continues, the more you're going to get for the place. And if she didn't run a place, I'll be stunned. I think I think you'll find that there's a lot of punters out there who are Saturday punters, and they know Saturday horses. And when they say the likes of Lunicorn. Quantum Mechanic, even Scarlet Dream, 
Sovereign Award. They're the sort of names that, that are in the form guide quite regularly on a Saturday. I think you'll find that Cantino will just completely fly under the radar and probably will get a bit more, more of a price there. And I was watching that, that day, actually, at Sandown. I was watching that race that Cantino won, and it was very eye-catching. Um, and the Murrah used to stable are uh, very good at also placing their horses in the right races. So they wouldn't they wouldn't bother taking Canzino to, to this race if they didn't believe that there was a win, of, of a, a possible win there. So, yeah, I know what you're saying, mate. Yeah, I just I think maybe last start with the, the clear air down the middle of the, the hillside track, she wins by even further. I've got her on top today. You cannot talk me out of it, but I won't bang on about it anymore. I'm sorry, punters. I'll move forward. That is the main race on the card. The Group 1 Tab Australian Cup over 2,000 metres. Your favourite for all the race is 50 stars. Second line in betting is Paradis. Uh, then you can have double figures for Steel Prince, Shared Ambition, Nonconformist, who has been set for this race. A uh, bit of a boyfriend of mine in Defibrillate, Homesman. Uh, the big fella Humidor is there. Uh, Angel of Truth and then Chapada and the rest are all 20s. Looking at a speed map here, I think from gate one, Paradis is definitely going to kick up. Uh, did that in her last start win. Miss Siska will go forward as well. Uh, Shared Ambition 50 stars defibrillate from those inside gates are definitely going to go back. Um, so then I think you'll see your pace come from out wide, especially the likes of Homesman from gate 14 uh, is definitely going to kick forward as well. I'll get on to my top pick in this race, Fish, because... Uh, I don't think he's going to take too much finding. I'm going to make a mention of Defibrillate here at $13. I think he's a good value play in the race. Uh, he's won his last four on the trot. Is it one, two, three, four? Yep, won his last four on the trot. His last one was over 2,000 metres. Um, and he's already beaten the likes of San Roberto, who's in this race uh, on Saturday. Does have to carry the 59 kilos, so he has been pinged at the weights for his success. Uh, keeps Billy Egan aboard and, and Patrick Payne, obviously the trainer. We know that's a good combination. This is going to be a fairly fast run race, I believe. Um, if I get the punting form information here in front of me as I'm going, with the likes of uh, Homesman, uh, we had Miss Siska there as well setting up the pace. To the 600 metres, this is normally a race run about eight lengths above the benchmark for the race. He's one that can definitely go back towards the back of the field, uh, probably be second or third off the fence, just get carted into the race and fly down the middle of that Flemington straight. We know that's going to suit him. But the horse that I've got on top that I just think is the class galloper of this field, he put in a massive run last start to get 0.2 of a length off of our blamey winner, Star of the Seas. Is 50 stars. He won this race last year. John Allen sticks aboard for the Dabney Hayes camp. Uh, as I said, he's already won the Australian Cup. 2,000 metres is not going to be a problem. The step out to 2,000 metres from that 1,600 looks to be no issue the way that he finished off the blamey, mate. I've got him on top here, and I think 440, you can jump into that right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets close to $3 on, on Saturday. But what have uh, what have you got on top here, mate? I've actually seen it very similar, mate. Um, I like watching replays from most of my form when I watched a fair few replays in the lead-up to this race. And 
I gave 50 stars a pass mark in the Apollo, which was way too short for him. But I thought it was a solid run first up. And then that 1,600-metre race uh, in the blame, he was quite superb. He nearly pinched it at the end just, just by doing what you just said, stalking the speed and running home late. Definitely think he can win this race at 2,000 metres. And, yeah, like you said, there's enough pace there to set it up for him. Um, I agree totally about defibrillate. I, at first glance and saw the $15, I thought, you're kidding, I'm going to have a good look at this. And I didn't find anything there to, to lead me away from it. I mean, he loves Flemington track, three starts for two wins in a second, and then two 2,000-meter runs over his career. He's never been beaten. He's won both of them. He loves a good track, so it's all sets up for him. Um, I'm not too worried about the 59 kilos because if you have a look, there's only two – horses or two or three horses in the race that are any less than 59. So they're all sort of carrying a decent weight, decent weight there, you know. And then the other one that's a bit funny is Parody, who's definitely got the numbers. She's getting on late in the prep. Um, so she's probably, I'd say this has got to be her last run for sure before she goes to the paddock. So that's a worry, but she's got terrific form to, to, to put on a good run here. And from barrier one, as a leader, you can't draw any better. So, but I agree with you about 50 stars. I think the race sets up well for him. And I think that, um, yeah, 50 stars can win this. But it's certainly uh, a difficult race. It's going to be a good one to watch. Looking at the entire card at Flemington, we've already spoken about some races. And I think uh, this even applies to, to Randwick. The effect that the way that horses parade on the day and what the market does is going to be really telling. I think a lot of punters early on have their sights on the best form line coming into these races, the likes of September Run and the Lightning. Um, that race, that that blamey stakes, we know the Buffalo River went hammer and tong early. That was a fast-run race. And when you see a fast-run race and horses are finishing well, generally they progress. They'll obviously get out in the distance. We know 50 stars is going to do that. I think if you see 50 stars parade well and, and maybe on racing.com, if it's Nick Ashman or whoever it is, is in the yard uh, doing the mounting yard and he puts 50 stars on top, I reckon you'll see a massive market move late and it'll really suggest that this horse is going to win this race. Yeah, totally agree, mate. That'll be a big one, how he um, parades in the yard, but he's been getting better as he steps up in tripping. 14, 1,600 to 2,000 is absolutely perfect third up. Um, so, yeah, you can, only, you can only see him running well. And I think he might be on the money there. I think he's going to be flushing down the outside late. Yeah, look, I hope all the punters are on the money on Saturday. It looks like it's a day that's, that's set up for the punters. Some of the, some of the horses that are going around, the odds that they're throwing up and the races they're set for, I think it could really be a punter's day. We'll have a look at the last two in Sydney, Fish, before we get on to uh, the last couple at, at Flemington and then we'll go through something I want to talk to you about in, in Jamie Carr before we go through our best and value bets. We've got, uh, I believe, race six and nine to cover at Randwick, mate. Yeah, mate, race six. Um, so we're known a girl quality over 1,200 metres, group three for mares. Um, this one looks like quite an easy one for me. I really like Emanate. Um, Godolphin horse. Uh, she looks a stakes grade mare to me. First up run was very good. Um, if she shows any improvement, I think I think she's going to win this race quite well. Um, yeah, just not sure if she likes wet track 
more than a good track, but we'll find out on um, Saturday. But yeah, M and A for me in race six, and then moving on to race nine, which is a sixteen hundred meter Group Three Phillies and mares race. Um, this is where I found a bit of value there. I believe if Scarlet Dream comes to Sydney, um, got a very good first up record, four seconds from five races. She prefers a dry track, which she's getting one. Uh, the only thing is she's also got a dry track in Melbourne, so you never know. She might, she probably will stay in Melbourne, I guess. Um, she might get buried on the fence, but the speed and tempo suits. And yeah, I think Scarlet Dream can win the win the last for us in Sydney and get us another value in like a. I tipped home last week in Liberty Sun to get us out of trouble. So hopefully I can keep that up. That was a massive tip. So that was really good to finish on. I actually went home from work kicking myself that I didn't get on there, Fish. So that's entirely my fault, mate. And the punters need to listen. What we're going to do, mate, we'll go back to race five at Flemington before we get to the last. That's over 1,100 metres, the incognito stakes uh, for three-year-olds. Uh, no real no real reward for finding this one on top here. I tipped him last start. I tipped him his start before where he won on Rapid Racing Day at Flemington. It's Oxley Road. Uh, loves the straight at, at Flemington. Uh, he won very impressive, impressively last start, which was at Caulfield. He was all over the place. You know, I think it was about the last two or 300 metres. Uh, when you watch that race again, he just didn't know what it was about, but he should definitely learn from it. That win on Rapid Racing Day was reportedly a heavy eight. They've got that as a heavy eight in the form guide. It's been reported that it was closer to a soft six on that day. Uh, Oxley Road, he's out of exceed and excel. I think if he straightens up better in the last 400 metres or so, uh, he should definitely be finishing better than his last start and he'll be really tough to catch. Race nine is the group to uh, CUNY. I believe that's pronounced. CUNY stakes for the three-year-old Phillies. Uh, I did tip her last start. She was found out by a much better horse in Zoo Dancer, who turned out to be pretty handy. Uh, she was definitely very, very good in the Australian Guineas last weekend. Personal on top for me. Going to the 1,600 metres second up, I think she'll be a lot better after she got that first run at 1,400 metres under her belt. She loves the track and trip. Uh, she'll definitely be better second up. Um, and I've got her on top there for me, mate. Now, that finishes out the races for the day, punters. Before we go into our best bet and value bet for the day, something I want to ask you, Fish, is when you talk about your or think about your uh, betting strategy for the weekend and we've already spoken about it today or this evening is uh, do you have to figure Jamie Carr in every single bet that you place do you have a system where for example it's $10 on your, your best bet but then you save on Jamie Carr in case you just pulls out a peach well, not necessarily. I'm, I'm big on numbers and, and replays, like I said, but whenever I do have one in Flemington that I've got where I'm quite confident in, and I, I only I don't bet on every race. I bet on races that I'm confident in, but when I do find one down at Flemington where or Melbourne anywhere that I that Jamie Carr's name's not there, I do always glance down the form where I to look for her. She's just that good. And there's not many jockeys that I... I mean, in Sydney, I don't do that at all. I'll back, I can back any jockey in Sydney with confidence. I know, well, I know most of the jockeys, but down in Melbourne, um, yeah, for sure, you definitely 
definitely look twice over any horse that Jamie Carr's on because, as we spoke about before, she can pick her own rides. She picks her rides. All nine races, there'd be managers ringing her up all the time, asking if she's available to ride their horse, and she picks. So, yeah, absolutely, mate. What about yeah. yourself? Well, it's just something that I've been thinking about. I think it's a betting strategy going forward, especially into these big races where you've got – you're starting to have the best of the best come out. It's, we're getting into the autumn and the springs ahead. I don't see why you would leave her out of your system. I, it's something that I'm looking at doing myself personally. I think if you, like, for example, you have $10 on your best bet and then you've got Jamie Carr's riding something at fives or sixes, whatever, you've almost got to figure her in. And then if she's your best bet, double down. She's that good. Um, she's just absolutely airborne. The figures are holding up. She's She already looks like she's going to trot in for the the Victorian Jockey Premiership. It's just mind-blowing how good that she's she's going. And I think she proved that with a win in the first at Sandown uh, yesterday. I think the market sort of rode off the horse that she jumped on until late when they saw it had paraded all right. Jamie Carr's on board, right, we're on. And it wins. Yeah, well, when, um, when she was in her red-hot form not too long ago, maybe oh, probably about five to six weeks ago, I've seen a statistic online that was basically her last 100 rides or something like that. And it said, they said that if you just factor in every start that she's had over her last 100 starts, you'd be ahead. And a few people sort of questioned me and thought, oh, you know, do you reckon there's any other jockeys that would be like that? And I confidently said, no, there's no way. They just – that form that she was in over that little run was just unbelievable. And to have figures like that is quite crazy, to be honest with you. And it's – it's interesting that you say that about other jockeys. When we talk about other jockeys, we're talking about in Sydney, James McDonald, Hugh Bowman, Tommy Berry, Karen McAvoy when he's there. In Victoria, you're talking about the likes of Craig Williams, Damien Lang, Group 1 jockeys, very good jockeys, even Damien Oliver. Uh, Jai McNeil won the uh, Melbourne Cup on a uh, horse whose name is escaping me at the moment because I didn't back it and I was absolutely shattered that I was on the horse in second. But we're talking about the best of the best group one jockeys and you've got to have a Jamie Carr strategy when you go for a punt on Saturday. But um, we won't keep hushing on about that, mate. What's your best bet of the weekend? What's your value? Best bet of the weekend is um, Wild Ruler in race one at um, Sydney. I couldn't split Wild Ruler in September run, to be honest, down in Melbourne, but I think if you multi them two, you'd be quite confident with four bucks. But Wild Rulers just drawn very well, um, barrier one and leading in race one and form around him's too good to ignore. So that's my best bet. My value bet was Scarlet Dream in the get out at Sydney at $20 if she races in Sydney. Um, and if she doesn't, I'm going to have to put in the first starter in that Riesling Stakes over 1200 um, on debut for Berry and Hawks. G start at 8 or $9. I think that's a little bit of a value play too. What about you, mate? For Sydney, uh, we were speaking about it before we started recording, mate. I've already got Nature Strip A gone and Bivouac the three of them all up. Punters, I think, come Saturday, that's going to pay. I'm not sure what's going to beat those three. For Flemington, the more that I look at my best bet of the weekend, the more confident I am. September run, I don't know what's going to beat her. Uh, I think my next best might be, well, would have to be 50 stars. He just looks so set for the Australian Cup. And Cancino, I just hope that people keep buying into the Jamie Carr 
factor on Lunacorn because you're going to get odds for Cancino and I think she can be winning big time, dropping a kilo and getting Mark Zara on board. But that's all we've got uh, this evening there, punters, for a massive weekend of racing Australia Cup Day at Flemington and Randwick Guineas Day at Randwick Fish. It has been a pleasure as always. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. And, uh, yeah, hope everyone picks a few winners on the weekend and um, has a good one. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back with the review pod on Monday. If you do have any feedback, partners, definitely send it through to us. Fish, we're not getting any, mate. We must be perfect. I don't know what's going on. So that's that's encouraging. Uh, um, but if you've got any feedback, guys, send it through. We definitely want to hear it. Uh, good luck on the weekend, Fish. Good luck, punters. Bet up, fill up, and have fun. We'll see you on Monday.